Welcome to Road Noise. Buckle up as we explore God's faithfulness, reflecting on 50 years of full-time ministry. We're taking lessons from the unique life and ministry of Sheldon and Victoria Rhodes as they share the gospel crisscrossing North America. I'm your host, Kedron Rhodes, and each episode, I sit down with my dad, Sheldon, and we travel back in time, retracing the lessons God was teaching and mapping them to life today. This scenery may have changed, but God's faithfulness remains the same. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Road Noise. Well, hey, welcome back. It's good to see you, Dad. I know the uh, good to see friends, you. Our friends uh, hanging out with us. Uh, they don't get to see or maybe enjoy that. You know the face-to-face conversation that we're having. Well, I guess it's maybe over the the internet, but uh, it's it's good to hang out, and uh, it's kind of fun that we just launched the podcast officially, and we were just chatting a few minutes ago, just getting some uh, early feedback, and that people are enjoying the conversation so far. And if if that's you, I'm glad you've joined along and are are uh, along for the ride. So welcome back. We're kicking off another conversation here. So and having just made that official launch uh, of the broadcast. Uh, I did get one message uh, from someone saying that they look forward to watching them. And (laughs) so I had to break the news to them. No, you're going to be listening to them, (laughs) at least for now. (laughs) At least for now. We might might roll these out on YouTube as a placeholder, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, hey, if you are just jumping in, um, let me set the stage for us a little bit. Uh, Mom and dad, Sheldon and Vicki, they are in Alaska and they are kicking off their full-time ministry life together and have kind of like settled in, right? You've got a place to live and you've worked a couple of jobs. And I think the last time we we chatted, you had just taken a, a full-time position uh, at the public school. And that's correct. Area is growing like crazy thanks to um, the pipeline, the oil pipeline that's coming down from Alaska. I'm guessing that pipeline goes all the way down to the lower 48. I have no idea, to tell you the truth, how far it goes. Um, it's the Alaska pipeline, and I believe it only goes to Valdez. Okay. You know, it goes from the north slope <laughs> of Alaska to gotcha. Valdez, and then everything's loaded on a ship that uh, makes sense. there and so forth. But yeah. yeah, it's a long pipe. And it's a huge yep. pipe. And it, it must have cut near the town you were living in. And you have a bunch of new residents in the area working the trades. And the pipeline itself. <laughs> yeah. The pipeline itself uh, was northeast of us where it actually went through. But um, to be perfectly honest, nobody wanted to live there at the time. And I don't <laughs> think they still do. <laughs> and so uh, the Palmer Wasilla area was the hot spot. That was the hot and spot. So, People are flocking in, moving from all over the United States, you know, to be there to be a part of building that pipeline because there was a lot of money at stake. And so good jobs. Yep. Yep. And here you are, landed one that is a kind of a byproduct of a growing area. And for those that have if they've been trailing along with us so far, you'll find this ironic because uh, dad started college twice, you know, like right before Vietnam and then after Vietnam coming back and starting school and both times he started in the winter and here he is taking his first teaching job in the middle of January. So it's kind of a yes. thing here. I don't know what's going on, but. Yeah. You know, 
can anything good happen that starts <laughs> in the middle of the school year? <laughs> All right. Yep. So here we are in the middle of a school school year and you're picking up a new job. So you had a uh, half a dozen or so other teachers. I'll give you five of their best and the brightest. So you would have a full classroom. And here we are jumping in. <laughs> so now there are six sixth grade classrooms and each classroom has 25 students. And I don't know if things have changed up there now, as they have uh, around, I think, most of the country. We had no aides. There was no one else. It was one teacher in a classroom. And so you were it. And so here I am starting January and um, got these 25 kids. Each of the other teachers got to pick five from their classroom to make up mine. And all the others were lady teachers. I was the only male. And so... Um, I certainly got the cream of the crop. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, as I mentioned before we went live here, that uh, you've got to be pretty desperate for a job as a first-year teacher to sign up for a deal like that. <laughs> so, Turns out um, you were desperate for a job. Work I was desperate for a job. Um, and one of the reasons that I was so excited about taking the job is we just found out that we have a baby on the way. Baby number one. Yes. Baby on number way. one. Yeah. Uh, due in June. And so um, starting in January. Yeah. I'm thinking this is a good thing. I need a, a full-time job. Uh, I need a job with some health benefits yep. and so forth. So yeah, sign me up. Um, I can't say that it was a pleasant rest of the school year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were some challenges. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, some of these students, at least, um, really weren't coming to school for an education. Uh, they were there because they had to be there, mm -hmm. but they had already learned the system. I mean, they'd done it probably since kindergarten, and here it is sixth grade, and I'm new to the district, so I, I really don't know the rules. But the rules kind of go like this. If you show up, you will get promoted. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of, you know... Right. Uh, you know, like the participation award yeah. <laughs> for yeah. every kid in little league or something. Yeah. So uh, most of these kids had figured out that uh, you don't have to do any work. You don't have to listen to the teacher. You don't have to do anything they tell you to do. All you got to do is show up. Well, I didn't come from that school and I didn't have that type of education. And, uh, <laughs> and I didn't think that that was quite right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I had several parent teacher conferences, you know, just private ones. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Where I would invite the parents in and let's sit down and talk about your kid and what little your kid is doing here as far as academically. Mm -hmm. you know, and of course, the parents are, you know, no, you must have my kid mistaken for somebody else because, you know, my kid's a perfect student and so forth. Well, sure. yeah, it's, you know, we'll have the same conversation next month <laughs> because nothing gets done. But anyway, so um that was interesting. Um, and unlike things are today, I wasn't given any curriculum. I wasn't given any lesson plans or anything. Um, that was up to the teachers. You put together sure. your own material. Okay, so I had the books that the school was using, but uh, that was all. And before you could leave on Friday, you had to turn into the office your written lesson plans for the next week. Okay. For every subject. You know, I mean, if you're sick or something, if you can't be there, uh, the substitute teacher is going to have to know, you know, where are we and what are we doing? You know, what's the, sure. the lesson plan for today? What do you mean the lesson plan for today or for next week? I haven't got today's <laughs> done for myself. 
Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm just figuring it out as I go along and my, oh my, I hated Fridays because I was the last one to leave the building every Friday Yep. because after all the kids are leaving, okay, now I've got to go through every subject and put together lesson plans for every day of the week next week. And so, you know, once that's done as a teacher, at least you have a, a bit of a roadmap to follow when you show up on Monday morning. Sure. But uh, for a first year teacher, putting all that together is a, was a pretty huge task. Now, after you've been teaching for several years, I mean, you know what you're going to do. And the lesson plans really don't change that much. Yeah, you'll tweak them a little bit, but mm. first year teacher, that was a real challenge. Okay, so lesson plans are done and uh, next week starts and okay, here comes the kids back. And some of the disciplinary things I had to deal with was just unbelievable. I had one girl stand on my desk, stomping her feet, cussing at me and telling me that I cannot tell her what to do <laughs> and you can't touch the kid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the kids are just kind of sitting there or watching like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, fun things like that. Um, we had one guy I actually fell in love with. Uh, he was in my class. His sister was younger than he was, but um, my heart went out for this kid. He was not a troublemaker. He would do whatever you ask him to do. Um, he wasn't real good with academics, but he tried mm -hmm. and just a, a pleasant kid, but he had no friends in school. And like I said, my heart went out to him. Uh, I just really felt bad for this young guy. Part of the reason that he didn't have any friends is nobody wanted to sit close to him. Mm -hmm. No one wanted to get close to him on the playground or anything because he stunk. Oh, just, yeah, it was bad. Yep. And part of the reason it was bad is typically before he got to school, he had wet his pants. Hmm. Okay. So when you're a boy and you show up and your pants are all wet and you stink, I mean, yeah, nobody is your friend. All right. So anyway, I, I'm feeling sorry for this kid because like I said, he stinks. And Anyway, so I talked with some of the other teachers about the situation and together we came up with a plan. The plan was, is that we would chip in and buy this kid some clothes. And I don't know why, but there was a washer and a dryer there in the school. Mm -hmm. And so we said, all right, when he comes to school, um, we'll have clean clothes ready for him. He can go in the bathroom and change and we'll do his laundry and we'll keep clean clothes for this guy. And anyway, so that's what we did. And, and part of the problem was that he lived so far away. Remember how far I was driving when I was substitute teaching? Yeah, yeah. The district is huge. And this kid lived at pretty much at the end of it. And so he was one of the first kids to be picked up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I found out later that his folks lived in a house that did not have any running water. And later on in the story, uh, your mom and I are going to be living in a house without any running water. But uh, at this time, that was kind of new to me that there would be people like that. And he was one of them, he and his sister. And so, you know, by the time he got on the bus that early in the morning and you ride that bus that long, well, by the time you get to school, you've had to go to the bathroom a long time before that. And there's sure. no bathroom on the bus. Anyway, so... Um, uh, and the other thing that he did on the way to school is he ate his lunch. And so come lunchtime, he didn't have any food. And so again, like I said, talking with the other teachers and the principal, I said, okay, let's uh, make sure that this kid has a lunch and uh, clean clothes. And so that really did help him. Um, of course, by this time, 
he still didn't have very many friends because he'd pretty much been like that, I'm sure, since kindergarten. And so everyone sure. had, had just avoided him. Now, what was really kind of cool is there was a gentleman that went to our church that didn't live too awful far from where this kid lived. And he heard about it and he went and visited their house. And that's when I found out that they didn't have any running water. Mm -hmm. But he talked to the parents and said that if those kids wanted to come to Sunday school and church, that he'd pick them up. They'd have to walk out to the road, you know, uh, to be picked up, but that he would do that. And he started doing that. And both of those kids came to Sunday school and church. Wow. And yeah, uh, as I thought back about that over, over the years, um, for that man to do that, uh, basically he had to put this stinky kid in that car. Yep. And how many people are willing to do something like that? I mean, yeah, to be in a confined space like that, um, but knowing that it's worth it for this kid to hear the gospel and to hear the Bible Absolutely. stories. Yep. Anyway, so um, I have no idea whatever happened to him. I wish that there was some way that we could have stayed in touch and so forth, but uh, just a sweet kid. Um, other things happened that year that uh, weren't so pleasant. Um, one of the students sixth grade, thought that she might be pregnant. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that was uh, something that, you know, from a public school experience that I never, yeah. When I was in high school, there was a, a gal that uh, had a baby, but that was in high school. We're talking elementary. Yeah. And so you know, just a, a real mess, but uh, like to think we had some positive influence in these kids' lives. Yep. Did, one, did do one thing. Remember, uh, I had just uh, gotten my degree and all from Western Michigan University and been in all kinds of drama productions. And so I'm thinking, all right, drama, that'd be a good thing for these kids to do. And so we did a spring play and our class was the only ones that did the, the play, but they did all the scenery and uh, made all the props and the costumes. And oh my, yeah, I came across some of those pictures uh, here recently that I took and that was cool. Look back on that. Uh, anyway, and then all we had all the other classrooms then come in to our classroom and watch the play. Sure. And so it ended up being an all school play, but uh, basically one classroom at a time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you give those kids a task, you know, learning the lines, building the, the uh, sets and everything, and they could do it. I mean, they weren't dumb kids. They just yeah. <laughs> weren't too uh, big in the academics. Yep. Anyway, so that was a uh, an interesting school year. By the time we get to the end of the school, uh, you now it's time to do report cards for these kids. And and like I said, I'd had several meetings with parents. And in my book, if your kid doesn't do any work, it ends up being a, a an incomplete. It ends up being an F or something. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pass them on to the next grade. Well, I did the report cards, but the report cards have to be signed by the principal uh, before they get sent out to the students. And that's when I got called into the office. <laughs> you got called into yeah. the principal's office. <laughs> I got called into the principal's office. Yeah, that was not one of my pleasant experiences either, because even though the principal had been in on some of those um, parent-teacher conferences that I had, mm -hmm. uh, so the, teacher, the principal was very much aware of the situation. But I was informed that there would not be any student in that school that ever got anything less than a C. Hmm. Because every student not a feel like they're at least average. Yeah. <laughs> That's and not so how averages see, work. <laughs> no, that, you know, and so every student will not get anything less than a C. Hmm. And so I was uh, told that um, they wouldn't insist that I change the grade because they knew how I felt about it. And so um, you know, I'm not going to 
make you go against your conscience, but uh, I'll take care of it myself. Okay. Yeah. Remember what I said about these kids that already figured out that you don't have to do any work. You <laughs> yeah. will get promoted to the next grade. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that that probably went on all the way through high school with these kids. Sure. Show up, you'll at least get a C and you'll graduate. Yep. You won't know anything, <laughs> but you'll make it through the school district, the school system. Yep. Well, anyway, so by the time we get to springtime and time for school to be out, um, uh, especially when that happened with the report cards, I'm thinking, I'm not sure I have a future in teaching at a public school. <laughs> yeah. Stretching your sensibilities, uh, your conscience. And, yeah. 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 And so um, that's about to change. But before we talk too much about that change, um, next time when we do one of these, I want to tell you about um, what I refer to as the chicken story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the chicken story actually took place in about February of that year. You know, I started school in January, but this uh, happened in about February. But uh, I think we need to save that <laughs> for the next episode. All right. All right. Leave it on a cliffhanger. The chicken story. We'll come back to that the next time we chat that. Well, it is, um, it is kind of startling or that might be the right word, I guess thinking about uh, just that transition of with le less than six months of your journey to Alaska, you think you're going to Alaska for a ministry job and turns out you need to find a job and a place to live and you're doing work that maybe you weren't, uh, you didn't go to school for washing dishes. You didn't go to get a degree in dishwashing, but you did that for a while and <laughs> end up with this, with this uh, challenging opp opportunity to serve these kids who desperately needed serving uh especially with thinking of this young man who uh, had some hygiene issues like that, at sixth grade that's not stuff you choose like that's kind of the your product of the circumstances and what a huge difference you and the other teachers i'm sure made in his life um, in just those few months that you were there now, good likelihood you've never would have crossed paths with him had you uh ended up doing the thing you thought you came to alaska originally to do <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's startling just to see how much just volatility within just a short six months of life and just kind of going with the, going with the flow, rolling with the punches, so to speak. And yet there is a uh, God continues to provide for you one step at a time and showing you different aspects of, uh, the, the, the people that he came here for, right? Most definitely. So, anyway. All right. Well, uh, I look forward to the next time hearing this chicken story. Yeah. Well, uh, do the chicken story and uh, uh, we'll make it at least as far as the birth of our first child. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> sounds sounds good. All right. Well, until then, uh, take care. And uh, you know, I'm going to just tack this here on the end. And now that we've officially launched this podcast, hey, if you are, if you're enjoying this conversation and you're, uh, if you enjoy hanging out with us as we kind of reflect on uh, this 50 years of, of ministry in these early years, uh, share this with a friend. So if it's a blessing to you, I, I, I just hope that you were able to pass it along and be a blessing to someone else. So until then, we'll uh, see you down the road. Eh, this is Grandpa Wisely. You know, timing has a lot to do with the outcome of a rain dance. <laughs>